0: Hello, this is Stan Wisman. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Orego, for another extra episode of Reimagining Cyber. Uh, today, we're going to hit on a couple of different topics. Uh, the first, I'm going to hand over to Rob. He's going to uh, share an event that he went to recently that had a lot of chief information security officers there speaking about innovation. And Rob, you know, can you share some of the things that you, you picked up from that event?
1: Yes, Dan. So it was a really interesting event. As you mentioned, it was uh, uh, basically about 120 or so CISOs that were there, and I was able to um, lead a roundtable discussion mm-hmm. and leveraged a uh, actually a survey report that we are coming out with uh, at Open Tech Cybersecurity in conjunction with the Osterman Research Group. and The Osterman Research Group conducted this survey across about uh, 250 CISOs globally, uh, as well as CIOs, actually. And it was basically looking and delving into what their top cybersecurity investments are for this year. And what was interesting coming out of um, you know some of the findings in that report that I wanted to leverage for that roundtable discussion to get a lot of good kind of you know exchange amongst the different CISOs in the audience.
0: The affirmation yeah. that
1: they 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 are, are truly it's, aligned with what the survey. It's exactly right. Is it aligning to what you're seeing out there and what your initiatives right. are? Right. There's a lot of great information in this um, in this survey report. But one of the kind of key elements that I really drove back into our discussion was the uh, the survey question basically that that drove into what are those areas that you're going to invest in. And they break it out into kind of categories of, um, it's a high concern for the organization. It's also a high investment, but it's also, again, really a priority, high priority for this mm-hmm. year, right? So they kind of go through this syntax of, you know, low, medium, high, and each of those three can have a can, you know a low, medium, or high uh, element that comes out with an actual kind of sum. And I've really honed in on the um the ones that came up with the three highs across the board, right? You're, you're sure high concern, high investment, and it's a high priority. And so there's several in the list. Uh, I took the top five. And in the conversation flow, you know, i said, I gave him the context, you know, here's exactly where this comes from in this survey, very recent, we just published it in conjunction again with Osterman Group. Let's go through it and want to see where everyone thinks, you know, their world kind of sits in alignment with that or not, right? And so if I kind of walk you through really quickly the top five, the top five in order, right? The first one came in as securing the cloud, securing the cloud worth, you know, different, um, different CSPs, right? We're seeing a lot of multi-cloud now. It could be anything that's cloud-oriented, so cloud data warehouses, so anything cloud-oriented, securing mm-hmm. that environment, right? That was number one. Number two was dealing with ransomware. So how are you preparing and protecting against ransomware, and then how are you actually recovering in the event and of a ransomware? A topic we've covered several times. times, yeah. Absolutely. The third was all around uh, data. So how do you have a handle on what data you have, uh, visibility to that data, right? data discovery, classification, and also how you protect that data. The fourth was the application tier. You know, how are we actually securing the applications, the code elements, APIs, anything involved with application itself? And then the fifth was all around, how do you actually protect identities? Now, now interesting enough, in the Osterman wording, uh, it said, how do you protect user identities? You know, and I, I kind of clarified that. I said, not just users, right? We could be talking about IoT devices. We could be talking about sure, APIs. Sure. So everyone, you needed to clarify that with them, right? Absolutely. And everyone was like, yep, agreed, agreed, agreed. So as we kind of go through this, um, and I got to tell you, I really wasn't that surprised. The first one around securing cloud, not a single CISO raised their hand as that being their number one priority. So I asked, you know, hey, let's go through your, the top five we just kind of laid out, and then we're going to talk about each. But first, let's get a raise of hands, right? Which one's number one for you on cloud security? Raise your hand. Not a single hand goes up. And I said, okay. Is, if that because, I is,
0: that, is, that, is that because they already have it under control? It's different. It's
1: different. So I said, if I asked you this question last year. Would your hand go up then? No. If I asked you that three years, would it go? Yes. I said, well, "Why? Why? Why three years ago?" Because we didn't really have a handle and understanding of what that was, and so we came down to is, and, and I kind of threw this out, I said, "So if you look at these other areas around, kind of you know, the data, the application tier, the identities, they're all the foundational elements that then translate into wherever it is, if it's on prem or in the cloud. So is it much more that we're looking at those elements and they kind of?" allow you to be securing the cloud environment? And they all said, yes, right? They're, they're saying that you have, to, you have to
0: worry about the hybrid situation now exactly. and wherever that data resides, you have to secure it mm-hmm. or discover where it is. And, and that's what they're focused on. That's what they're focused on.
1: That's exactly right. So it wasn't that they say, we're going to carve this thing out any longer and look at it that way. Three years ago, we were still learning that. And that's why we would probably would have raised our hand then, right? So then you go to ransomware. And this was really interesting. So how many you know, or of you would raise your hand for, number, for that being your number priority? No one. And I said, really? Okay. Um, do, you feel, you know, do you feel you've gone through the exercise of how you best prepare to uh, protect your organization against ransomware and to the level of working with your executives so you're on the same page that when and if a ransomware event occurs, you have an idea of how you're going to deal with that? Um, and majority put their hand up and said, yes. And I said, okay, how many of you... Have said that you're going to actually just pay the ransom versus you know not pay the ransom. More hands went up to say we're going to pay the ransom than I expected. Wow. which Actually, was- and, and,
0: and and again, it sounds like they've done the tabletop exercises. That's right. They've actually you know helped raise the awareness of the executives and they know what they would do if there was an incident, a ransomware incident. Um, and so mm-hmm. that gives them at least the comfort that they don't have to have that as a high priority as much as we have that understood we can focus on other things it's exactly
1: what it is and 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 you also take it to the to the level of what type of business are you in so one of the gentlemen said hey you know listen we're a manufacturer if our operational floor goes down time is extremely money for us and we can't deal with that so our our, our, our executives are saying pay it another one shared with us actually you know that they had dealt with uh, a ransomware event this was about two years ago and um and they're in the healthcare vertical. And, uh, I believe in the area that they, they were operating. I I want to say they have eight hospitals as part of their system. Five of them were already being impacted. So they made the decision, we're paying, we got to move on. And again, so, so it depends again on, you know, what is your business and what's your appetite? Um, so, you know, everyone has their own decision to be made there. Now what got really interesting is as we started talking about the data piece, um, everyone everyone was saying this is a piece that they're trying to really get their hands around because of privacy concerns because of again this data flowing whether it's on-prem or it's moved on to the environments in the cloud uh, and get a better better handle on that and also because of how data is being shared in even different business to business models so that became very much a very high priority for for the majority of the folks in the in the audience as we then went into the application tier um, this is one that seems to still be relatively kind of low in maturity, right? We had some people that were pretty well, hey, we've got a solid program. We're actually working really well with the development and testing teams. Um, we got a pretty good handle on this. We continue to evolve. And others that are like, hey, we're just getting started, right? We don't know where to look. Everything's coming from so many different directions. So a lot of lessons learned. And that was a really good conversation for you know uh, enlightening others that needed the help. And again, just you know others that might be further ahead in what they're looking at next. So that, and was- I want
0: to, I want to talk to that in a minute with what
1: I want to share. So, yeah, yes, that's good. yes, definitely. And then the fifth one was all around the identities I mentioned, right? So protecting the identities, and again, that could be a user, that could be API, that could be a you know an IoT device, you name it. Um, sure. And that one again was was one where the hands went up as another very high priority for them. And it was much more about, you know, again, this this whole shift that's happened over the last few years about really as they kept on saying, hey, listen, identity is the new perimeter. Identity is the new perimeter. Okay, we've all heard that. But still getting their, um, their kind of, you know, capabilities in place the right way is what I would say. We had a lot of them saying, hey, we have elements of our identity access management programs in place. We have gaps in other areas that we're trying to figure out. We have some things that we may not still kind of want to move forward with. And then we have other people who have, hey, listen, we've done a lot of this stuff ourselves. It's homegrown, right? We've 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 built the kind of integrations with Active Directory and other things a to make of, it work. A lot of
0: custom development. Yeah,
1: it's all yeah. custom. And 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 we can't do this any longer, right? We can no longer rely on that one person that actually created that for us and is operating and managing it for us. And it doesn't scale necessarily. It doesn't scale. It's a huge risk. What happens if they leave? What happens if God forbid something else happens to the person? And now what? So you know, looking at figuring out what they're going to do next from a commercially available kind of capability. Um, so all in all, when, you, when, I, when I went back around and said, okay, now that we've had the discussion on these top five that the Osman Research Report came out with, let's go back and ask the question again, where, where's your investment? We already kind of have the answers we've been talking, right? We, we figured this out along the way. And um, again, no one raises their hand for the cloud. No one raises their hand for the, uh, the ransomware right? It's, it's not, it's not even in the top three. So that didn't change. Didn't change at all. Nothing changed, right? Even with the conversation, nothing changed. The, 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 I would say that the data, the application and the identity kind of elements were just about equal, maybe more on the data in a little on the app. And then the identity, I would say maybe in that order. Um, mm-hmm. but again, it was just a really good conversation to want to see kind of, Hey, what's your perspective from what their survey findings were? How does that translate to you? But also an opportunity for all of us, right, to to engage in that discussion and learn from one another on some different approaches that people are taking that are beneficial for them to be able to apply. No, oh, that's great. What it's always
0: nice to actually have that kind of engagement to see if the yeah. um, the analyst reports or the surveys that we see in Digest yeah, are exactly. are, um, are aligned with what you're actually seeing in the field. And I had a similar kind of experience. You know, we had another survey that we jointly did. Um, this one was with Dark Reading. Right. Um, and it sort of pulls that thread of, of the application tier you were talking about earlier. But it's the state of code security, the AppSec maturity marathon uh, that we co sponsored. And so, you know, this, this, re- this report, this survey came out, and I also had an event this week and, and it was focused on AppSec. And so I had a chance to sort of see if some of the top findings out of this survey uh, that was reported by Dark Reading uh, aligned with what I heard. Um, So let me just go through some of these top findings. You know, we, you know, the first one is around DevSecOps. um, And, and, and and I think it's also fair to say that it's interesting the the way they did the survey, they did distinguish between large organizations and smaller organizations and and small being 5,000 or less. Um, And, and that helps with some of the results here because like, you know, the question around, are you implementing DevSecOps, 57% say yes. And that seems relatively low, but large organizations is up in the higher 60s. It's the smaller organizations that are struggling with DevSecOps implementations. Um, there, there were a number of organizations that um, are, are still about to start. You know, they're claiming they're going to be starting this next year, 30%. You know, we're claiming they're going to be starting, whereas like 14%, nope, we're not going to do it. Um, and I think the other aspect of that um, distinction between large and small um, a number of smaller organizations are still, like 60 plus percent, are doing manual code review and manual pen testing, which I, you know, again, in this day and age where we've matured our, our tooling to a point mm-hmm. where, you know, it's accessible at a variety of different levels of cost and maturity. Um, I was kind of surprised by that. I, I, I would
1: expect more, but even from covering kind of that topic within the round roundtable.
0: It, it validates what you're seeing in the mm-hmm. documentary report and then the um the other area uh, that, that was interesting to me um was the fact that if you if you look at the the the, the area that they feel most vulnerable about it's around apis yeah and not having a, a handle on that attack surface not having the the tooling they think that they need to um, identify, discover the APIs to be able to do the vulnerability analysis. And again, larger organizations have a better handle on it than small organizations. Um, and that was an area that you know I've I've had some level of focus on, and and I confirmed it um, in this this session that I did this last week that that was an area of concern with those in the audience. Uh, and and I think that's going to be something that in the next couple three years, you know, we're going to continue to see as modern development continues to leverage APIs to the max. um, And are we truly securing that attack surface?
1: So so Stan, on that, just out of curiosity, even from maybe the event that you participated in this week, so yes, API security kind of gets baked in a little bit into a, a more mature application security program, let's say. But do you feel that some organizations are maybe thinking or being sold on? API security is kind of a, another way to even just kind of get started and it it gives you coverage across that really risk area that you're, you just have zero visibility over at this point in time. Like, are are they trying to position it that way? And are people buying into that? Well, I mean, I don't know when you say get started, what do you mean by that? So, so if, if I'm an organization that is really just, you know, doing a lot of the basics, more manual process on going through and doing pen tests, doing some findings, you know, and, and I really haven't. Gone into doing things around dynamic or static code analysis. Did you just start with
0: API security? As far as where to to focus? Yeah, yeah,
1: I think I I see vendors that are kind of saying, hey, you know, but but if you start here, look at the coverage you're going to get, and you're off to a good start. Do you think that the organizations are seeing that because they're not I, I, starting? I I,
0: yeah, I don't I don't think so. I I think I think it's it's an and just yet another area they need to focus on. And you could actually, mm-hmm. you know, like we you know, as you know, we, we cover API, um, vulnerability scanning in the context of SAST and DAST, and we can right. identify, um, those weaknesses, uh, and you can, Im- and, and, you know, broaden your, your, um, your, your, your coverage basically, and, and include that, mm-hmm. um, when you're doing DAST and, and SAS scans. Um, but as far as organizationally, I, I think it's, it's sometimes a hot potato is like who owns it. Right. Um, is is this really in the scope of the InfoSec or AppSec team, or is this really something the developers should be focused on? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to your your cloud comment, you know, okay. as far as the the fact that the CISOs didn't identify that as a hot area, there was a finding in this survey around um, some of the challenges of dealing with this hybrid environment of uh, the fact that you have on-prem development continuing, but also as we know, a lot of development has now shifted over to the cloud and the AppSec teams have to provide that tooling and that coverage in both environments. And that's a challenge as far as helping ensure that you get the integration that you need and to the dev tools and be able to provide the results and in the, in, in the ways in which the uh, developers expect them in both environments. And in, in many times it's dealing with multi-cloud, right? Uh, you may have organizations that are doing... Um, development in GCP as well as AWS and Azure. Right. And so that just adds to the, um, the the challenge that the AppSec team has to try to cope with that um, very diverse environment. Yeah, definitely. So I think you know one of the things that we can do
1: is also share out the two survey reports, right? That people can take a look at in more depth. Um, the other thing I'll say is that there is a webinar coming up on the 18th of April. It'll also be recorded. People can replay it specific to the Osterman research report. I'll be actually uh, speaking with uh, Michael Sampson who put, pulled it all together from Osterman group. And, uh, and I'll be sharing also, you know, some of the, the, the feedback from that CESA round table, just to kind of have that as part of the discussion and see what his uh, pers- perspective is on that.
0: Just wanted to throw out there also, if our listeners want to opine on these surveys and make comments as to whether or not they agree with the findings, Um, or or not. Uh, I'd I'd love to have that kind of dialogue going with our listeners too. And we're going to go ahead and put links to the surveys in the show notes so you can get access to them. Definitely. Definitely. We always love to
1: hear back from them as well. So hopefully these will be good uh, resources. It's a good conversation for you to take away from today. We appreciate you listening in and look forward to having you on the next one. Take care. Till next
0: time, Rob.
2: Hello, I'm producer Ben, and just as Rob and Stan disappear into the cyber sunset, remember you don't have to wait until next week to hear from them again, because we have a mountain of episodes for you to conquer. For example, episode 15 was called So You've Been Hacked, Now What? and featured Sean Toomer. He's a cyber security and data privacy attorney, and in his long career, He's focused on the litigation of cyber and privacy issues, proactive risk management, and incident response. I view the CISO role as really one of the most important people in the organization. And I say that because
1: cyber, in my view, is the biggest risk companies face today. Even COVID didn't shut down operations overnight in most cases. One ransomware attack, The CEO goes to bed tonight, dreaming of profitability and numbers and vacations, and wakes up with a call from the CISO tomorrow morning going, We are now technically out of business unless we can recover.
2: That was from episode 15 of the Reimagining Cyber podcast. So you've been hacked, now what? And I have a favor to ask of you if Apple Podcasts is your listening platform of choice, then you can rate and review the show. Apple's mysterious algorithms love that kind of thing, and it helps others find reimagining cyber. And in general, wherever you listen, then do remember to subscribe, follow, share the podcast. You get the general idea. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.